Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Oratari Dorgan, and with me, as always, is a man whose genitals admit a bioelectric field that makes everybody a socialist. <laughs> if only, Pat. If <laughs> only. What a power you would possess, honestly. <laughs> like, it would be your duty to share that bioelectric field with as many people as possible. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is all so dumb. I can't help myself. That's fair. Before we get into this week's movie, which will be a delightful romp of an episode, <laughs> I'm sure. If it's not just us laughing for an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is It is. It is a very fun movie. Uh, but before we get into it, I do want to talk about our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Lost in Criterion. Uh, over there for a dollar a month, you can get access to a bonus episode. Uh, none of which will be as delightfully weird as the no, movie we, we watched this week. we will never watch a bonus episode week. like this. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, we we do watch as I said non-Criterion films there uh, with a few exceptions because some of the movies became Criterion films after we did it. I feel like that's a disclaimer you don't actually yeah. have. I know I know you like it, but I don't think anybody's yeah. like getting into the Patreon and be like, "Son of a bitch, <laughs> fucking trick." Well, I me. just I'm just saying in <laughs> in 17 years when we talk about uh, failsafe. Uh, for yeah, the main yeah. podcast, like, we're wait, not we've just going to before. repost the bonus episode. No, we, we will we watch will. it fresh. I promise that. <laughs> yeah. If I, if we're all still here, indeed, indeed. Uh, but yeah, dollar a month, you get to vote on what movie we're going to watch. Uh, put together a list of uh, of four items that are usually somewhat related, and then Kazam, the nineteen, which is related to everything, as we Star, all know, which is the universal, which movie. is the. Yeah, the Uber movie that <laughs> belongs in every genre of all time periods. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a dollar a month to get that bonus episode. We've got plenty of dollar a month supporters, and we're very happy to have yes, them. But for a little extra, for a little extra, for $5 a month, uh, we'd like to uh, thank those people on air. And thank you to Adam Spickerman and to Christopher Otto. Um, Adam's been supporting us for a good long time, and Christopher is fairly fresh to it. Uh, we are grateful to have him. Yes, thank you very much. We really do appreciate and a little, it. Well, I mean, we you're not going to be do. on it after this podcast, this episode, so it was nice having you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry yeah. we alienated you because of our organ right, uh, right. conversation. Right, right. I'm sure, I'm sure our opinions on the works of Wilhelm Reich are going to alienate all of our $5 supporters, almost certainly. Yeah, no, it'll be a mass exodus. It'll be terrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but a little above that, at $10 and above, we do something that I think is very special. And I cannot wait oh, to see no. what what Pat does based on this movie because it, it almost certainly will be. definitely be about this movie, guaranteed. It yeah. might just be a fish uh, in front of a penis, though, Like, if I'm being honest here. <laughs> I can't mail that internationally, well, but Pat. It'll be a fish in front of a penis on a flat surface, so it will just be a fish with a human okay. body behind it. Okay. I guess that works. I guess that works. We'll see. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Ten dollars and above. Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we've watched recently. I get it printed up on postcards, 
and mail that out with a little thank you. So note far, and some final it has never been on the film. Uh, It has so far not been vulgar. Possibly but... heresy, but never vulgar. Uh, Only, well, it's a postcard, so the heresy, it just depends on which way you're holding it. That's true. That is absolutely true. Yeah, it's like, oh, we just printed it upside down. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah oops. My bad. Uh, but yeah, we also like to thank the people at that level on air. So thank you to Jason Westaver and to Michael McGrath for your continued supports at the ten dollar and above level. Uh, this week we're talking about a new director. We have never seen anything from him before. We will see another movie from him just next week. Really? Uh, but yeah, yeah. And I look forward. We I haven't. Neither it's... of us have watched the other one yet. So yeah. I hope it's uh, equally batshit insane. <laughs> I I. I believe it is more narrative, uh, uh, but I really, I really know nothing about Sweet Movie that we'll be watching next week. I kind of, based on the interviews of this guy, I can't believe that it could be that much more, yeah. like, you know, on the tracks. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the cover of Sweet Movie appears to be two prehensile tongues uh, interlocking. Oh, no. Yeah, but it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm sure it will be just as just as crazy as this movie, uh, and maybe even crazier in different wor- in different ways. Uh, but this week we were talking about W.R. Mysteries of the Organism, uh, a complicated film in that it ha- it is intercut with uh, documentary bits, um, both about the titular W.R. Wilhelm Reich. Uh, the uh, psychologist, uh, like just let's just assume that sorts. almost anything Adam says is in air quotes <laughs> from this point forward. <laughs> yeah, um, William Reich was a legitimate doctor. Uh, he was hired by Freud uh, to to Freud's. Uh, main research office, uh, which I believe he ended up running for a little bit um, before uh, he was sort of kicked out of uh, everywhere. Well, that's uh, what I'm saying. Ran, yeah, at some ran point, from the Nazis, too. I mean, he was... He, at some point, yeah. he was a legitimate doctor. Yeah. I will accept that he went to school. Yeah. And got his you know degree and his license. But somewhere along that road, he stopped being a legitimate doctor. Let's be very clear. Right, here. right. Well, before we before we get too deep into Wilhelm Reich, uh, yeah. this movie is not just about Wilhelm Reich. It is also has uh, other documentary bits about other um, sexual artists. I suppose is the most generic way. To, right. Yeah, to and, put and some of those are, are fairly interesting. It was it yeah. was inspired by the the woman who was making uh sort of silicone molds of gen, of genitals, which is yeah, it's an art project. Like I mean, I've seen right. other people doing it in more recent you know more recently. It's yeah. a thing. Like you know, dicks are interesting, I guess, for art. <laughs> right. Like, people like right. to use them for various art projects. I get it. Yeah, it's also uh, it's also got a narrative element. Uh. And that narrative element is itself intercut with, uh, <laughs> with, the uh, vow. with Russian propaganda films, yeah. uh, particularly the vow uh, that uh, that when when the vow came out, it was uh, 
meant to be a movie that solidified uh, uh, Stalin's claims as the le- legitimate heir of power after Lenin's death. Uh, so it is all of these things. They're not really disparate parts uh, because they are all around a theme, right? Of uh, this sort of as as Americans uh, growing up when we did and through the 20th century too, um, there's this idea of, of communism versus freedom, right? And we right. obviously know that's wrong. Uh, but in a lot of movies we've seen, I, I think particularly the works of uh, Andre Waja at this moment, we have seen the conflict between uh, Sovietism and people looking for a truer, broader communism. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, and in this movie, we look at uh, the conflict between a sort of patriarchal, asexual communism and a sexual libertarian libertinism, rather, uh, that is not anti-communist. It is itself deeply communist, uh, but it is still in conflict with with the communism found around it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that is that is very much what this movie Absolutely. is about, yeah, yeah. broadly. And Reich himself joined the Communist Party and then was kicked out of the Communist Party because of his uh, sexual studies. Um, and maybe the Communists had, had something going with Reich uh, because eventually his research led him to the systematic sexual abuse of children, uh, including one of his own daughters. Uh, so there's that. But also, uh, Reich was Reich is just a fascinating character. Yeah, I mean, he's fascinating he is... he, he, for sure. Like, he's the kind of person that, like, you buy a book on because, like, it's just so weird, right? right. You know, the Wikipedia article is is a trip. Right. Um, but he's also it's it's very weird. Like, this movie's interesting in the sense that it, it like they mentioned in the sort of interviews of of our of the director the director um whose name i already have not uh <laughs> saying correctly i can't even begin right um, it's uh makavejev is how i've been saying it but okay. i don't know well i let's go correct. with it you know the interviews with makavej i can't i already messed it up makavejev <laughs> um are uh interesting because he's he really seems to like Reich and Belize in Oregon like it's a thing for him but this is still he's also interviewed like what is this movie and talking about the idea of a video collage which is what this movie is right they're all on a theme right and they're all and and it's sort of not really a movie in a lot of ways it's more of a video art project right it it, it has the feel of of like modern art in the sense that like the thing I kept thinking about today was that uh, it, it reminds me of uh, how modern art is in many ways contextually dependent in the sense that, like, if you just look at it, like, it may evoke emotion, but it doesn't necessarily tell you what it's about. But then right. if it, if it's given a title, then suddenly you, you, you even then again recontextualize it and understand, like, oh, that's what it's about. It's still evoking that emotion, right. but now I have a context to understand 
why you know where that the artist is coming from and in many ways this movie feels that way to me like if you just watch it it's sort of like a wave washing over you yeah you know what i mean like i i was thinking today i only watched it two days ago i can call up individual specific bits in my mind but i couldn't run you through the movie beginning to end right right not at all not at all even having watched it multiple times at this point yeah it's no. a, and i watched no, the right. last 30 minutes twice because i felt well i thought i fell asleep and then i found out i didn't <laughs> fall asleep which is really a wild i was laying on you the got couch to the end and you thought wait i must have i must <laughs> no, have missed straight something up, that's exactly what happened <laughs> yeah. the, the credit like i got to the credits the credits were rolling i was like and i was pretty tired so i was like you know, and I blinked. I was like, you know, it's sometimes really hard to tell whether it was a long blink or like you actually fell asleep. Turns out I didn't fall asleep, just long blink. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Uh, ridiculous and not at all surprising. So I watched the last 30 minutes twice because yeah. I was like, I, I missed something. Something about this just, this can't be the end of this movie. It is yeah. the end of this movie. Uh, now, yeah. Reich, Reich as a conflicting character to make a movie about um is is interesting reich you know he we've already talked some of the bad things about reich uh which were very bad things um but reich discovered so to speak uh what he calls orgone um which is an organic energy which that is, uh okay go ahead sorry what all living creatures have I think is my understanding. Of yeah, his but it seems like it might also exist in non-animated things as well. A little bit. It's very okay. clear because it's not real. Things that aren't real are very <laughs> fair, vague fair. by nature. <laughs> yeah, the details um, on exactly what a fairy look like looks like is yeah. an example of things that are a little vague because they don't exist. Oh, that was the rest of our audience right there. Fucked us. <laughs> Now it so orgone plays into it it is a not necessarily overtly sexual energy but it certainly is part of, you know sexual energy is part of the orgone concept uh, and I'm sure it's taken off in a thousand different directions after Reich's death uh and Reich's death is itself its own uh tragedy um so the uh the um, United States government, the FDA, in fact, uh, came down hard on Reich for selling his orgone collector, uh, collectors as health devices and selling his books as as health books. Uh, and they had him arrested. They put him in jail. They burned his books. They, The state of New York uh, and the federal government sent agents to destroy the orgone collection and the orgone collectors at Reich's house. Uh, and this is like what? This is the early 60s, late 50s. When yeah, this is no, it's, it's very this late. Is, yeah, it, it's like. Yeah. You imagine those things happening in the 20s and the 30s across the world, but particularly, uh, you know, under under more fascist regimes, well, but certainly and, within the U.S. Yeah. too. And and. Um, you don't imagine them happening that late, uh, right. but uh, but ahead. also you know st- the uh, you know this uh, the American Supreme Court cases that would would decide you know 
what what qualifies as uh, indecent, unprotected speech didn't happen until the late sixties into the seventies too, right? So well, right, that's true. I mean, we are we we tend to misunderstand the sort of right. time frame of, of right, change right. in the United States. It's part of it. It's also important to keep in mind, though, that the reason, for example, he ended up in jail was not. He definitely was uh, persecuted. Let Let's be very clear right. here, but it also is one of those situations where it's a little hard to determine the exact scenario because, for me at least, because of like what people say like because like the thing about it is is, like the reason he ended up in jail is because he wouldn't stop making claims that he couldn't prove right and essentially committing fraud like you know much much the same way that like a lot of modern versions of this new age medicine hedge their bets very carefully about the way they say the effects you know what i mean like there's a lot of there's a lot of legalese that allows them to avoid the fate that he faced in the sense that they don't directly come out and say, yes, you will stop having cancer. Right. Because you can't prove that. And that in telling people that they're not going to get cancer. And then if they're, you know, if they die of cancer, like family and friends are reasonably, you know, are understandably upset. Right. Is a thing. And, and so it's, I can't, a hundred percent say that like it was just a you know it's definitely a persecution for for sure because they went after him specifically very hard right uh, but at the same time i also kind of come, can see the other direction a little bit right. uh you know because you know i you and i would also not be allowed to do that thing right he also died in prison Right, yes, is yeah. is the the tragic end to all this? Yes, it is. Yeah, um, but you know, to a certain extent, he's the U.S. burning his books is an interesting take because yeah. people like you know Kevin Trudeau, yeah. uh, infomercial Kevin Trudeau, uh, secret cures they don't want you to hear, know about Kevin Trudeau, right, has been legally barred from selling his books multiple times by the U.S. federal government, right, and then two years later makes another commercial. Right. So, right. Uh, and, you know, he has gone to jail for contempt of court, I'm sure. And for, for uh, he has been convicted of fraud. Uh, he was actually sentenced to 10 years in federal prison um, as of 2013. <laughs> um, so he is, uh, he is maybe still in jail right now. Right. Uh, but, uh, but there was no, there's no concerted effort of burning Kevin Trudeau's well, books. Well, and that's an interesting thing. That I right. think there's a big change there in the sense that, yeah. like, oddly enough, it wasn't after World War II that burning of books became taboo, as we can see. You would imagine it would be, right? Like, you would imagine right after we'd be right. like, well, we, well, we should not participate in this activity, should right. we, folks? Um, whereas apparently... It wasn't then, and I'm not sure when, but like you don't, it's not a thing you hear about much anymore because it is definitely tabooed at this point. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's sort of in the sort of zeitgeist in the sense that, like, and it, it probably a lot has to do with movies about Nazis more than anything, I would say. <laughs> right. If I'm being really honest, things like people have seen Indiana Jones, you know what I mean? And, like, that's not a good look. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, like, 
the zeitgeist changed, but I don't think it was because of knowing that the Nazis did it. I think it was something something else changed that to make that just a totally taboo activity. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I, I don't like that part. I I think like the idea that the government has a right to remove that those statements from the universe is right is not acceptable. Um, I do understand putting a person in jail for lying to people who are sick. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, though, is you get into this really kind of crazy scenario, right, where it's like, does he believe, does he know he's lying? He doesn't probably, like, Reich seems, from everything I'm reading here, believes this is true. Right. Which gets even kind of crazier, right? Like, in the sense that, like, he's not purposely defrauding people, uh, per se, yeah, but also the the exact claims he's making about what orgone energy can do are either innocuous or easily disproved. Yes, like it'll exactly. increase your libido. Well, okay, a lot of things that are sold that, on the mass market that's, that's say they will increase one your way libido, or the other. absolutely, and it's unprovable one way or the other. Uh, will allow you to control the weather. <laughs> it's pretty uh, provable. Yeah, 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 for sure. No, and that and that's I think what got where a lot of the problems come into right in like. You know, at one point he was even like, like writing letters to Einstein and trying to get people to right. like. And Einstein eventually he, was like, he you met with are Einstein, not following rigorous scientific methods here. <laughs> he met with Einstein. Yeah. They had a three-hour conversation, and then Einstein never talked to him again. Yeah, yeah actually, well, because there's a, apparently a letter from Einstein saying like, "I'm not going to support this. Please don't bother me anymore." And also, like, don't use my name on anything. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just that's the thing, right? Is that like, and also like, cured cancer is a fairly easy thing to prove, yes or no, right? Like, it just is. It right. either cured people's cancer or it didn't. Right. Obviously, the answer now, unfortunately, is no. you know, uh, because of the nature of cancer and the nature of desperation and wanting to have cancer cured, a lot of people will go after, yeah, claims sure. that could be easily disproved. Right. Absolutely, and and, um, and that's still where you get into the idea of claims. medical fraud and the idea of defrauding people who are absolutely one hundred percent desperate. Right. Is the right? And again, I I don't know. Like Reich, we'll never know. We'll never know. He's gone. We will never really know. Did he or didn't he believe? I think it seems like he believed the things he was saying. I mean, yeah. We don't have any. And as far as I'm like from just from the Wikipedia article, we don't have any. You know. Smoking gun, uh, uh, um, what's his name? God, damn, I'm I'm the worst with names. The the Scientology guy. Oh, L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, yeah, we don't have any Hubbard smoking guns of like letters saying if you invented a religion, you'd be a millionaire. Kind of phrases yeah. that like just give it away with him. So, you know, <laughs> you know, we we don't really know, but. He's only kind of the focus of this movie. That's the weird part is he's only essentially somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe like 40% of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like, like the WR of the title is William Reich, but what he's saying and what he's doing are not there. Like I said, you know, everything here is not so disconnected as it is variations on a theme. Right, but they aren't all tales building to one point. Yeah, right? like we don't get so. to the end of the uh, Yugoslavia arc and realize that it was all about William Reich. You know what I mean, or Wilhelm right. Reich. You know, it's yeah. not that's now not the now. Deal. 
our main character in the Yugoslavian narrative does quote from yeah. Reich or yeah. or paraphrase Reich at least. Um particularly in his uh in his talk about the rise of fascism as a uh uh a response to to impotence and uh um that that the explosion of fascism is itself an alternative orgasm uh is i'm paraphrasing too but essentially what his argument is right that it's that is a whole bunch of sexual frustration built up and well, you know what i can kind of agree with reich well, on that one there's, <laughs> so. there's actually been a lot of studies about the fact that like you know for example and and recent things written about the fact that the nazis did it and recently you've got these sort of uh anti-masturbation movements where that are directly tie into to modern fascist movements the idea that like controlling a person's like expression of sexuality is a major part of establishing a fascist regime it's like a, it's a part right. of it like you you kind of have to do both yeah <laughs> because you need that level of control over them if you can't exert control over their personal sexual expression you don't have control kind of thing right right yeah now there is what else is going on in this movie oh my it's, god it's well that's the problem sort of, right? like you got sort of interesting yeah. things right uh the, the so we've got Slavia story is is in many ways was the actual only narrative story in the film right and right. is is interesting it's it's wild it's a little disjointed and hard to follow right but it is itself a weird thing, but yeah. but it is it is where this movie, if this movie is about anything, it is within the narrative right, yeah, of that for sure. Uh, and it is and it is in itself about you know the uh, the tautness the uh, the the conflicting views of what communism should be right. and what it needs to be. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think to a certain extent, uh, there's an argument to be made that, that both sides of that are right, but not in their extremes. Right. Right. <laughs> um, well, and, and uh, our director even acknowledges it right. in one of the later interviews about the idea that the sexual revolution in many ways probably went too far. Yeah. Did it, did it not, not so much in like the liberation, but in the sense that like, people just went a little crazy right is that basically a thing he says in the interview it's like like it's nice for everybody to be free but there's also a thing such as just going like a little hog wild right right and um you know our our character who her lover uh milana's lover who is named vladimir illich which are Lenin's name, first two names, first and middle names. Um, you know, they they fall in love, and then he decapitates her because he is unable to reconcile his beliefs about communism with her beliefs about communism. Uh, and then he sings, he sings a, a song. Russian folk song. Yeah, <laughs> to a bunch of people who look like maybe they're like destitute i'm not clear on yeah. why yeah. all the people are around fires that was very shocking because he's covered in blood and 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 you find out through the like sort of almost uh disney-esque uh 
Disney princess esque sort of sing along like sing session, you know, where it yeah. comes sort of out of nowhere. Uh, that he's certainly not alone because there are people everywhere. And you're like, did yeah. he decapitate that woman with all these people around? I'm unclear right now about a lot of those kind of things. This is one of the reasons why I had to rewatch the last 30 minutes just to make sure I didn't fall asleep. Right, right. Because uh, I was very confused. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing did not make it clear. Let's be clear. Yeah. The other things going on in this movie, we have uh, we open with poetry of uh Tully Cupferberg uh, Kupfer, uh, who is the lead singer of the Fugs um yeah, the principal yeah. songwriter of the Fugs yeah. uh we have quite a bit intercut of a I don't know if it is an established music video or if it is actually shot for this movie of uh, of their song Kill for Peace uh, yeah, from it's 1965 hard to tell because the, the the director in the interview Sounds like that's not like it, that. That was an interesting thing because they pull that they pulled the lead singer in, like because he'd also actually been in other movies as well. Yeah, and uh, I kind of get the impression that it's just for this. Is the impression I got? Uh, yeah, there is a there is a music video of this song that is all. All of the footage we see, plus I believe additional footage. So who knows? Like who knows which, what chicken or egg, yeah. right? Like it's hard to yeah. say. Um, because otherwise, because the, the director talks about getting that singer to participate, and if it was just a cut of the music video, that wouldn't actually be the director, right. the singer right. participating. He's like not, I may, I think right. it maybe goes in the other direction. Is my impression. Yeah. Now I think they use another Fug song at one point uh, where he's he's yelling. Uh, oh yeah, I'm the, I'm gonna kill myself over your dead body. Where he's oh, yeah. talking in the sort of John Wayne accent. Um, the video for Kill for Peace though is is uh, Kufferberg running around Uptown Manhattan, Upper Manhattan. With a, uh, yeah, yeah. With a with an assault rifle, pointing it at like men in business suits, and then masturbating it, um, while wearing a mil- like wearing a army um, helmet yeah. and like I guess long johns. Yeah, yeah, basically, uh, it is hilarious. It yeah, really no, it's is. great. It's wonderful. Uh, then we get uh, the work of Betty Dodson, uh, who draws people who are masturbating. Um, I'm a big fan and, of her. I think that's a really yeah. fascinating art project. Uh, I don't know what happened going forward with her art career. I didn't like bother yeah. to look up, but uh, that's a fascinating art project right there. Yeah, and that part's a pretty straightforward like documentary interview yeah. section. Yeah. Uh and the uh the parts where we interact with Jackie Curtis are a pretty straightforward uh uh documentary section where it's introduced of uh Jackie and their partner eating ice cream, walking down the street. Um, yeah. And uh, Wikipedia says that, that Jackie's inclusion uh, highlights uh, Reich's theories of gender and sexuality. Uh, and maybe, but we... I, think I we don't know. Of, yeah. Maybe, don't, maybe not. I don't know. I think we, we, have, we have other other more legitimate science we could fall to. Um about uh about Jackie Curtis's existence. Um then we get the uh 
the thing with uh oh i can't remember her name now and i'm not seeing it uh the the woman making the uh mold of uh, yeah because she's not named in here they just only talk about screw magazine instead of yeah. her looking at the list of everyone here it's probably nancy godfrey but i don't actually know her name um but yeah she's uh she's making a mold of the uh editor of screw magazine's penis uh, I do. I I absolutely love the new version on the. Uh, oh yeah, with the, like all the, the edited version. And shit, it's pretty. Where great. it's just like psychedelic. Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. What What happened was, uh, I think the BBC wanted to show it and owned the rights to show it, but didn't want to be explicit. So they came back to our director and said, "Hey, can you make an edited version?" Uh, and he just used like. <laughs> early 90s computer graphics yeah or, and like his, his phrase not even like the description for the interview was like i'm right. not gonna just put a black bar over it or something like right. that like i've got to make it part of the project right so he put he put swimming fish over it which actually blocked nothing for any extended amount of no, time no no i guess maybe he strategically moves them when there's like for real a penis but like you, that, that footage <laughs> yeah. is so grainy you couldn't see it anyway right right uh, he also describes the scene he puts the fish over as only containing kissing, when it's obviously a blowjob. Yeah, definitely penetrating <laughs> sex. That's, yes, yeah. It's important to keep in mind our director is very eccentric <laughs> right, in and of himself. Right. Uh, then they talk to Alexander Lohan, who is a uh, a neo Rishian. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it is. Both delightful and frightening that there are neo Rishians. Sorry, uh, Nancy Godfrey is the name of the. the okay, it's up, good, up, good, it's good. up higher in the artist section. All right, I see. Sorry. Um, yeah, and uh, some brief interviews with uh, Reach, Reach's daughter Eva, um, where we're looking at Oregonon, the uh, the name of his ranch. Uh, like we said, we have that that intercut of the stuff from the Val. Uh, we have some like visual, uh, references to the works of Sergei Eisenstein and there's just, there's so much going on. There's a lot here. Like it is not, it is, like I said, I think probably the best, best practices for this film are just, like I said, letting it wash over you because you can't, right. You can't like, you definitely walk away knowing what the film was about. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you're done, you definitely got it. But but it's hard to describe. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not linear in any. I mean, the closest thing is the Yugoslav story at the end that is semi-linear. But even that is confusing. Uh, it's not. It's by no means just straightforward or anything right. like that. Like, and you, it's not. It's not shown altogether, right? Right. We it's cut to it and then back stuff, to other yeah. things, and yeah, uh, yeah. And I don't, I don't know that anything about that narrative portion is at all ideologically confusing. I think no. I understand what this movie was trying to do, like, uh, in as much as it was trying to do anything. Because I also think it's one thing that uh, our director is trying to leave open is is the possibility of you know these aren't there's no one right answer to what the conflict of the narrative part was uh obviously they reached the wrong one but <laughs> right but but there is no one right one uh 
and the fact that the two women in that section are are playing characters who share their own first names is something else added to that yeah, too. Right. So, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, this this you know, I mean, basically, you know, it's a very you know talking about this movie is is difficult. Like, I mean, our yeah. best bet is probably to go through specific elements of it that we thought were interesting or something like that. Um, that's hard. Like, I, 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 you know, we were worried about like whether this, you know, how we would talk about this film. The biggest problem is actually like just actually talking about it. Yeah. Like <laughs> not, not, and not because it's like embarrassing or something like this. It's like, well, it's really hard to talk about. I mean, you can get into different elements of it specifically. Like who, I'm a little confused about something in the Yugoslav uh, area, and I would love if you know the dude who breaks through the wall and is drunk know, most man. of the time. He, uh, what's his position in that situation? Is he like a former lover or something like that? Possibly. I don't uh, really. I feel I, like he, he maybe very is confusing. Like he seems to be. Pursuing her, yeah, to the extent of even knocking down her wall. Yeah, I think he's he's one of the fellow communists and is pursuing her, uh, whereas she ends up going after the uh, more, I suppose, socially prestigious of the Bolshe figure skater. Uh, Yeah, well, and that's kind of interesting because, like it. And both of them are supposed to be representative of sort of the nature of repressed, uh, like Russian communist, uh, yeah, communist uh, <clears throat> philosophy, right? Like he's a sort of expression of how people's desires existing, like you know, as being real within the communist state, right? And the other guy is a is a sort of expression of the fact that like what the the sort of face that's put on it right uh right but but uh on on the on the turn the the uh there's a class conflict in in her lovers too yeah right? too absolutely because absolutely 100%. because this worker this worker wants her and she rejects him whereas she goes after the the higher class prestigious yeah. uh guy who murders her yeah. uh and the fact that he exists within Sovietism is its own thing. This movie was banned in Yugoslavia, uh, not directly um, for what it... Well, the movie was banned in Yugoslavia for what it is. Uh, uh, Makavejev was censured in Yugoslavia um, for complaining about the Stalinistic... Uh, censorship uh, that the uh, the powers that be decided was uh, a uh, punishable offense for right. for yeah. calling it Stalinistic. Uh, so there's what Vladimir Illich represents uh, is both. A, a class thing, but it, his existence is a critique of the fact that within Russian communism, within within Sovietism, there is still the class struggle, um, and uh, and that is, uh, you'd say it's it's Western influence, um, and it's also 
just the fact that the the problems within Russia didn't necessarily change all of all of the uh, class hierarchy. Right. I mean, we uh, got into in, that in solving their problem, and we, we talked got about into that this a little last bit. week too. Last right? week, the yeah. idea that like the so long as the systems remain, yeah, like you're gonna and like the patriarchy is a part of that. Like that's a right. big part of it, right? Like it, it exists. It's a sort of self-sustaining uh, element within society that, like, unless, you know, that, like, persists across political revolutions, right? Like, it, it doesn't right. – it, it exists regardless of, of the changes in, right. like, quality or something like that. And whatever these characters are saying about the class politics here, it is still uh, notable that – our female lead is killed for exercising her sexual agency, right? Yes, and that is that is what puts her at odds with both the Communist Party and and those people who are sort of part of the class above the Communist Party, uh, even while living in communism, ostensibly, right? And that is that is itself part of. The patriarchal social hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and and that's in many ways what our what the director's goal is, right? Like to get at that point, and it, and, and in that point, it is, I think, fairly successful. Uh, it it does uh, kind of hit at the point. I mean, it's certainly not the smoothest way to get there. Uh, <laughs> right. right. Like there are definitely easier there. ways you could get that across. But um, yeah, no, and then you know they they keep referencing back to Stalin with the with the vow, which helps you know we we, we it's as an interlude in that story to sort of keep reminding you of like the platonic right. ideal of the Communist Party, right? He's this the director describes him as being almost like a wax museum figure up there in the video in the movie, right. like and a patently ridiculously looking one too. Yeah, and just being just this sort of weirdly idealized model that like you can constantly right. point to to like justify your actions yeah. and but but even as all the men want to be him and all the women want to be with him uh Stalin it it, it creates this asexuality around it too right but and then again a... like the the movie ties back into that because she talks about that that painting of or photo I'm not clear of uh Hitler right right that she has on her wall and bringing up the fact that like a similar sort of cult of personality existed around him as well. And the idea that like he's both asexual in there, but like, you know, in the picture it's all women around him. Right. Like the idea right. that like, and like you're getting into kind of some orgone type bullshit there, but the idea that like everybody's sublimating their sexuality to this asexual figure to make sure that like to, that's giving to this stay ideologically pure, <laughs> pure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's the central conflict of all of this movie is what to do, what to do with those expressions of, uh, sexual freedom that seem to be at odds with the power, the political control. Uh, and the answer is kind of, let people do what they want to do. <laughs> well, yeah, and, that, and that's the yeah, I mean, as long as you're not, not hurting really, anyone else. Yeah, I mean but, that's uh, like that's the takeaway yeah. kind of thing. But like yeah. the movie doesn't really show you that in the sense that right. like 
those efforts fail in this movie. Like, Which, of course, but we see all these other American artists who are who are practicing right um, these things, uh, sexual art, uh, or sexualized art, or just existing. Uh, you know, in the case of Jackie Curtis, you know, certainly, certainly Jackie was involved with uh, with um, was it was know, an Warhol well. and was was yeah. an artist as well. Um, well, but uh, right. But the sort of again, you know, what those bits do to our narrative is balance the West's openness to the sexuality, but also the West isn't actually open to well, that sexuality in the same thing. way, right? right? And the interesting thing is, like the book, or not the book, the interview. One of the interviews brings that up. It's like, do you feel that the West is actually like that? And I feel like in some ways our director is pretty biased in that way. The director has kind of idealized in many ways, I think, the way the West handles this stuff because of the time, the very specific time period where a lot of that stuff was fairly common. And uh, But even then, you, you, we have to assume that people you know for example jackie probably did not have a great time like right in the sense that like i mean she you know that you know jackie clearly enjoyed doing this and was it was happy on screen and things like that but like we know america like you know if we're being really brutally honest here yeah the movie paints a very idealized photo a very idealized picture of what life was like in the West with regards to sexual freedom. And I don't, I don't know. That, yeah. That doesn't feel entirely accurate. Right. In any way. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> the U S and, you know, as, as evident from Reich's punishment, as far as this movie is concerned, the U S was not open to, to that sexuality either right. right within within a generation of when the rest of these documentary bits are done uh so it's it's playing on this view of communism being prudish versus a more open sexuality in the west while reminding us that the west is is not better than that and the the fact that he produced an edited version for the BBC uh, that right. is also is a pretty included. Clear is a, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Right, for sure. And, I mean, he knows that. I mean, obviously he does know that, right? Because, you know, the, the right part does address all that. But, like, because of the way the right part is framed and everything, it makes it sound like it's a thing of the past. Honestly. Like, even though, like, you're saying dates and stuff like that because it's all, like – pre-existing footage a lot of times and it does have this feel of like well this is where we were and now look at us now does it make sense at least that's my my impression my feeling even though that's not accurate to the timeline really i do feel like especially since most of the reich stuff does appear towards the front of the film um it does have this feeling of like the reich stuff does still feel like a retrospective and then we're shown these artists who are expressing themselves freely in the here and now. Yeah. Which does seem somewhat disingenuous, honestly. Right, right. And Kupferberg's work 
is really about the intrinsically intrinsic link between sexual violence and capitalism too, right? So right. so he's he's presenting a lot of conflicting ideas here. Absolutely. Yeah. And and just existing in the nature of that conflict, not not necessarily suggesting uh anything uh besides the fact that that this conflict and the violent response to this conflict exist across the board. Right. I it just I I can't ever quite get 100% over the sort of dichotomy that's painted between between you know communist Russia and well Yugoslavia in this situation right, right. and the U.S. it still does feel like it's painted as contrast yeah which is probably I guess where I get into sort of the slightly problematic part yeah I, I know that that's probably I, I I assume that is not really the goal here but I think it's that maybe an unintentional result of just the way the story's right. the way it's framed yeah the uh, the Criterion essay here is by Jonathan Rosenbaum. And uh, and he cites uh, Raymond Durgnot or Durgnot. There's a G in the middle that I'm not quite sure what to do with in that name. Uh, who wrote a book about the movie and about uh, about the director? Um, and um, Durgnot says that The U.S. has more freedom than socialism, and Yugoslavia has more socialism than freedom. Uh, as sort of one of the messages or or the ideas within this film. Uh, but the essay ends with the next sentence. Uh, and since we're not quoting from Durgnan, I don't know if this is the essayist idea or or his, but uh, but one should stress that the comparison never takes the form of a simple contest in which there can only be one winner. Uh, it's not... Freedom and socialism are not the uh, opposite ends of the spectrum, uh, which the Durnyanka quote suggests, and some aspects of this film suggest. Right. But at the same time, other aspects of this film contradict. Uh, and uh, freedom and socialism can grow together. Uh, obviously, hopefully, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, and to suggest that they are diametrically opposed uh, is to give in to 20th century propaganda. So, right. yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think uh, part part of the, the reason why it is it is so. That is that is a hard thing to understand in this movie, and I think the problem is 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 not a problem, but the fact that you know, the movie is very intentionally. Not I don't want to say vague, but like very intentionally. Doesn't really necessarily try to sh- like straight up and come out and say like. Directly to the audience, things right like it doesn't, it leaves things a lot. To, up to the interpretation of the audience uh, in a really yeah. extreme way. And then the result of that is going to be that, like, it, you could definitely read it as a, comparing those two things. If you look at specific parts, you know, if you look more strongly at specific parts, you could definitely walk away saying, ah, it is comparing the West and and and, and communist Russia and, or, you know, co- the communist bloc and saying, like, this one and this one are different and 
this one is better or something like that. You could definitely read it that way by just selectively why paying attention to the things that you want to pay attention to. Uh, it's just that kind of movie, right, where that's possible. Right. Right. And, you know, part of that is what makes this movie so great and so much yeah, fun. Yeah, no, yeah, it's definitely, it's, like, it's a neat thing because I, I yeah. kind of loop back to the way I see it, which is very much in the vein of modern, all art, but especially modern art, being very, very much up to a sort of the, the sort of interplay between the artist and the the audience in establishing context, right? Because the artist, especially in sort of more interpretive art, the the artist has a limited ability to uh, extend their their context onto the art. You know, I mean, they can title it, they can put it in certain scenarios when it's displayed, but they, the, given the nature of that sort of very very um, abstract art, you are left with still the audience has to has to be the one who generates the real meaning behind it right is doing all the work uh, and and that that means that it's very easy if the artist does have an intention it's very easy for the audience to deviate from that uh but that's yeah. part of the beauty of it right is that the audience can do that uh which it, it's much more possible in this kind of art than it would be in you know more traditional storytelling where it's all sort of laid out for you. Right. Right. The the thing is, you know, I'm, and I really feel like at its heart, this movie supports this premise. Uh, the dials of freedom and socialism function independently of one Absolutely. another. Yeah, yeah. And you can turn them both up if you'd like. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's just, it's putting the bullshit to that, that thing that we were shown when we were in high school or whatever, where they're like, you know that that's sort of that that logic of the the cyclical. If you go too far in either direction, right, you loop back on itself. Horseshoe theory. Of, yeah, which uh, is garbage. It's, distribution. It's like the idea, well, like, and that you know they always and and you know and we know this ourselves anyway. But like you know, half the time they're putting like fucking communism and like democracy on the same <laughs> loop, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> These are not the same thing. Even a little bit, you have conflated economic theories and political theories right. because it makes you it makes it say what you want it to say. Right. Um, and I think that's a, you know in many ways I think in a lot of ways I think he's getting at that sort of stuff too. Right. Like he, even though he's focusing specifically on on sexual expression, in the end, a big problem is the idea you know that we at least as far as American audience is concerned, is getting around the fact that, like, we've spent our most of our adult lives, all of our adult lives, being told that, like, if you if you let in, if you let socialism in, you're going to end up working at the gulag for, you know, like, you know, just that sort of, like, nightmare picture that right. they try to paint for you that, like, that is actually the reality we live in in capitalism, but whatever. <laughs> The, but also a reality under oh absolutely a lot of 100%. communist oh absolutely one hundred percent right and that's that's you know it, I was reminded of that you know that this given that it was six weeks ago uh, when this posts uh, but I was reminded that uh, around the turn of the year uh, when I saw a uh, Fox News headline 
uh, wanting to condemn Iran for spending billions of dollars on weapons. Oh yeah, that, while, that post, yeah. While their uh, while their people suffer without basic necessities, or while their people's basic needs aren't met, I think is how the headline phrased it. And then juxtapose that against Donald Trump that same day announcing that America had spent two trillion dollars on weapons, uh, and we were absolutely ready to kick their asses. Uh, yeah, and, and and had recently uh, basically trashed the SNAP program. Yeah, right. Like, right. Yeah, right. no, totally. It. Uh, yeah, the, no. The list of the list of not meeting their the basic needs of their citizen <laughs> citizenry is a mile long as far as America is concerned. Yeah. Uh, well, know, th- those were just in like those right. literally happened like the day after each other. Like right. so. Right. Um. Yeah. No. I, my my issue is is that and, and this is a problem I get into in, inside very much internally, not so much in like actual speaking practice because I feel like it would just unnecessarily cause me trouble. Is a lot of people are on a on a have have gotten on a ship called if we can just destroy capitalism it'll all be fine and and yes very important that we do that uh but also side note capitalism just being a the current way that power hierarchies are expressed right like we we like feudalism was a thing that existed and also sucked very bad yeah like and 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 different other expressions of power hierarchies also existed and were real real bad communism was another one of those like the 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 soviet communist bloc was another expression of power hierarchies a thing that is featured prominently in this movie Um, yes the reality of the matter is, is is capitalism is the is the the devil that we can see that is expressing that it is not if we if we burn it down and build a capitalist state which with similar or to burn down the capitalist state and build a like a socialist or communist state with with similar power hierarchies in place we will just have the same fucking thing it will not yeah maybe more people will have food there's a possibility that more people will have food which is real good okay but it's not a guarantee we know that for a fact when we look at the way other failed socialist states have have expressed themselves right like we know that so like and and that's where we get into the sort of the mess of like you know when people are like well what about x insert failed socialist state here and it's like yes they failed because they just did the same shit we're doing but with a different like air quotes different design slapped on the package You know, so I mean, yeah. there's, there's, yeah. I, sorry, this is just a thing that I can't. I it, it comes up in my head all the time because you know you see a lot. You know, there's a there is a movement going on, and I'm very very much worried that that movement will result in. Well, you know, we know that that movement very nearly will definitely result in the same shit, just repainted. Right. Right. If if it yeah. results in any change, it will just be the same. There's a decently high possibility that it will be the same shit with a different paint job. Yeah. Right. Which is often how revolutions have functioned uh, yeah. within the, uh, the history of the world. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a, there's a reason why the phrase that 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 sort of goofy little phrase, "old boss same as the new" or "new boss same as the old boss" is a right is a thing that people know as a just in, deep down in their souls. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, you know, like we talked about last week, you know, that's something that the, the movie The Leopard sort of articulates. Oh, yeah, and yeah that's, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and something we see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, so, all it boils down to, uh, William Reich, kind of a bad dude. Uh, yeah. Definitely, definitely had some ideas he should have kept to himself. Uh but the ideas he shared with the world, a lot of them probably not worth dying in prison over. Or uh... No, no. But they, you know, I mean, I in this weird sort of fucked up way, I kind of, like, you know, at least he seems to have cared about them. <laughs> right. It's right. not worth a lot, but at least he seems to have legitimately believed they were true. doesn't make him a good person, but at least he right. wasn't, it doesn't seem like he was just out to grift people. Right. Which is so, a know, bonus. Yeah. You know? At least he you know, at least he's misguided instead of just purely evil, I guess. Right, right. Uh he he actually thought his snake oil was medicine. Um <laughs> that, Yeah, and, and like, I don't know if that's that better. I don't really know. Make I your no orgasms idea. better and control the weather. Uh so <laughs> I I do some weird part of me would love to collect like the weird like like cloud thing. It's just like such a goofy looking piece of machinery. I kind the of cloud burster. The cloud burster that at least coincidentally worked. So, yeah. so there's that too. Sometimes it rains. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh. A thing that the sky's not at all prone to do of its own accord. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh what a what a weird world we live in. Uh and what a weird movie this was. Yeah, and yeah, I'm so happy to have watched it. And I am very excited. To see another work. Oh, uh, I know the next one from the I, same director next have week. Have you read the synopsis of it? I just read the. I have read a little of bit of the synopsis of Sweet Movie. I obviously I haven't watched any of it at all, but I am I am so looking forward to this yeah, movie. It's going to be a fun conversation. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but yeah, this week we were talking about W.R. Mysteries of the Organism from 1971. Next week we'll be talking about 1974's Sweet Movie. Both direct and both directed by Serbian director Dusan Makavejev. Uh it's been fun and I'm sure we'll have fun next week too. Thank you once again for listening to Lost in Criterion. I am as always Lee Adam Glass. With me as always John Patrick Oatari Dorgan. And we'll see you next time. Listening to Lost in Criterion, hosted by John Patrick Oatari Dorgan and the Adam Glass, who edits it. We're a production of WithTwoBrains.com. Jonathan Hape does the music. Check him out at JonathanHape.bandcamp.com. And hey, if you like us, why don't you give us a review on iTunes? Like us on Facebook? 
or support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash lostincriterion. We'd appreciate it.